Awesome. Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Today we have Jonathan, or uh, as uh, I've seen him on Instagram, Johnny. Uh, I reached out to him not that long ago. Uh, I've been following his wife for a while, uh, but uh, I reached out to him because he's uh, got a similar background. Well, kind of ish, not really in a way uh, to me. Uh, he was an uh, army ranger, did uh, protection work as well in Iraq for the U.S. consulate. Uh, so I know we're going to have some similar stories, just might be at different extremes um, on things. But I, I reached out to him because he's running some really cool stuff around uh, men and empowering men. And uh, I think men, especially in our lines of work, like the first responders and frontline and military, uh, we become very, we can burn out quite easily because we just go, nah, we, I just got to be me. So it's awesome to have you on the show, uh, on the on the on the podcast, on the on on here uh, with us. So, uh, Johnny, if you can uh, just let us know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and like your back your backstory. Yeah, absolutely, brother, and thank you for having me on, man. This is always really fun to come on and and share my story with uh, other people's communities, and hopefully, you know, one person gets something from it out there, and I can help them. So. Yeah, brother. Uh, it, it all started at uh, a young age, man. 17 years old. I was uh, not knowing what I was doing getting out of high school. Um, didn't really have any direction and uh, figured that uh, maybe I'd stumble my way into a recruiting office for the U.S. Army. So <laughs> it was not in the cards, that's for sure. Uh, and so I stumbled my way in there and, um, you know, get to uh, after we do our medical and processing, you actually sit down and you sign your contract. And I get there and I and I'd heard about special operations. So I was like, hey, you know, like I want to get Army Rangers in my contract. And the, the, the guy across from me just laughs and he goes, well, you know, we, we, you know, at the time, the U.S. was hot in the war in Iraq. So they were trying to push everybody to big Army units and big Marine units that were going into Fallujah. So he was trying to kick me over to a unit that was going to Fallujah soon. And I was like, OK, whatever. As this kid, I was like, he just laughs at me. He's like, he can't get that. But when you get to your unit, you can sign up uh, and try to get in the Rangers from there. And I was like, that's it. I didn't know this. Now, after being in the military, after I was in the military, I was like, oh, that was a joke. That's an idiotic like thing to say. So anyways, uh, I get to basic training and I was fortunate enough that I was, you know, really, really good at pretty much. And I was very physically strong. So I maxed out everything and I had a drill sergeant come up to me one day and he goes, hey, Elisassa. And I was like, ah, man, I'm in trouble. What did I do? You never want to get called by a drill sergeant, dude. And I was like, it's after dinner. And I was like, oh, no, oh, man, I don't want to puke. And like, so he's like, hey, what do you want? You want to go special forces? You want to go snipers? You want to go be a ranger? What you want to do? And I was like, well, drill sergeant, I'd love to be an army ranger. He's like, all right, get upstairs. So I run upstairs. Next day, same thing happens. Get after dinner. And he calls me over, Elisassa, come here. And I was like, dude, did I mess something up? I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about this contract thing. And I was like, did I mess something up again? So I get over there and he's like, Hey, LSS, it pulls out this contract to sign this turns around and I sign it on his back. And next thing I knew I was in uh, airborne school after basic training and then went to Ranger indoctrination program, no walk in the park. I just didn't even know what I was getting into, to be honest. Yeah. I just thought it'd be cool. Right. So like, so uh, I get to Ranger indoctrination program. It's like over 70% attrition rate. So it's a yep. high failure, uh, high failure for most people that get into it, just like any special operations unit is. So I get there, I pass and I go to a second Ranger battalion. And from there I did four combat tours in the military, mm -hmm. um, three in Iraq and one in Afghanistan, uh, got out of the military and went to a private protection group and uh, protected the U S ambassador to Iraq for about five years out of Baghdad. So that was uh, spent about 10 years in and out of the Middle East. And I hit, I hit 28 
And uh, I was just been so sick and tired of going back and forth from the Middle East. I was like, dude, like, I fought for this country that is gorgeous and has amazing Americans part of it. And I'm not even like living in it. Right. So I was like, this is terrible. So I was like, I had to figure out a way. So I figured out a way to get back and, and I get a job with the federal government, but it's like this desk job and I'm making like a fraction of what I used to make, but I was like, this is worth it. Well, lo and behold, I didn't realize I'd built this whole identity off myself from 17 years old to 28 uh, around like being strong, being patriotic, being special operations, having confidence and all these other things. And uh, when you get into a different job, it all of a sudden gets wiped away because that big picture of what you're serving is also wrapped in. It's also kind of encompasses that identity. So I was serving a bigger purpose in myself. And I got freaking caught up and I was like about six months after I came in, uh, was sitting at home and I was like completely miserable. Mm. Didn't know who I was, didn't know what guy I was, um, was doing just like not showing up as my best self, you know, struggling with that, struggling in my marriage at the time, which ended up in a divorce, was just like not waking up being the guy that I knew I could be and the guy that I was before, right? And so really had to have a, a talk with myself and uh, figure out, hey, man, like what's going on and, and how are you going to correct this? Because if you keep going down this path, it's just going to be a lo dark and lonely path. You can you can own that and just be that or you can be better. And so um, I ended up going through a divorce uh, and then I had a friend at the time. She was my friend. Now she's my wife. But she was like, hey, she's like, you need to read this book. And uh, I was like, OK. And, uh, and I, at the time, you know, you know this very well, too, is like, you know, us guys that go in these alpha that have these alpha mentalities, we have this big chip on our shoulder. And we're like, who is anybody to tell us how to live life? Right? Like, who is this guy that's done nothing? Like, I was kicking in doors at 18 years old, getting shot at and blowing up. Like, what did this guy do? Right? So I had this big chip on my shoulder. So I had to learn to take that off. And uh, I read this book, it was called uh, Excuses Be Gone by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And to me, it was just a big gut punch because it was like calling out all the things I was making excuses for, even the fact of why I didn't have to listen to other people, like all these excuses. And I was like, oh, dude, no. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, all right, I got you, bro. So I like had to start really evaluating that. And so I took that and started to listen more to podcasts that guys were really having like this great message for self-development and how to better yourself and started reading more books. And I really started to get enthralled with, you know, where men were in today's society and how so many men struggle. Even what I went through when I came back and I had that that gap where I was out of the military stuff and I was trying to figure out who I was, that, that struggle I went through even emotionally and what I went through with, you know, my my wife, my ex-wife now, but with her and just even with who I was showing up as. So I was like, wow if I wasn't listening to anybody and not willing to do something for myself during that time, and I felt like I was alone, I was the only guy struggling with these things. All my other buddies and all these guys out here are doing the same thing. And guess what? They're not also listening to people because they don't, and this is the biggest thing, us guys, we have to respect the guy's background, right? So I was like, well, how can I use this to help men? And so I just said, hey, I'm going to start my mission on really helping men, number one, identify the root of where we even come from with masculinity, but then also help them to realize that one, number one, they're not alone. And number two, there's a ton of tools out there to help them. And I'm just going to package that in my background. And hopefully the message gets through to enough guys that we can start to make change in a way where men are showing up as their best, the best version of themselves in this positive masculine form to not only 
influence the people around them, but influence the next generation. You know, we all live with the scars from, from what was given to us from the generation before, right? And we're taught what quote unquote, a man is supposed to be from the generation before, but they were so, they were so jacked up from all these other old versions of it. And we've just evolved so much in society today that men are evolving, but yet if they're stuck in the past, this is where they're having, I mean, we have the highest suicide rate between men, between male and female. We, we kill that. No, no pun intended there, but we, you know, we crush, we crush the suicide rate because we're just like, we are so highly depressed. We don't talk about anything. We don't expose our emotions or our feelings, even for good or bad. Right. Like we don't ever do those things. And so a lot of this just stuffs us down. So I just really wanted to get out and promote that message and start to help men that way. So that's kind of where I started and where I've come to today and the fight that I've had to go through. And then intermingled in all that is that burnout, right? Like you're always trying to do more. So, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like your, your story resonates with me so much. I mean, you were military. I was police, same thing. You know, my, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy how like you go into those alpha jobs and, and it's not any fault of the alpha jobs. It's just what your role is. And I know like the police here are trying to change it a lot. And I'm in two minds about it because it's like, they're softening it up so that it's better for the community. But at the same time, I'm like, the guys you're going against don't, they don't care. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I ultimately, same thing, you know, I almost ended with a divorce. I told I went to my wife said I want a divorce in the end. And um, she went, you owe me counseling. she's like you you just you just we've been through this and not like she's like i just want you to go to counseling with me one more time i was like okay fine almost cheated on her in between the time that she said that and then uh we actually went and ultimately that's when the counselor told me she's like chris yeah you guys have some stuff going on but she's like ultimately chris you're burned you're so burned out that you don't care about anything Mm -hmm. i was like don't you tell me that you just you just hate cops that's literally (laughs) what went through my head you hate cops you just want one less on the road uh, and um yeah and then there's that journey to spiral then like my wife and i are so close like it's something you know what i from what i see of you and taylor it looks like you know, like over the same thing it's just like this just this whole thing and then my thing as well i just carried on i was like oh, i don't want cops to be like i was or like i want them to be awesome so yeah. it's awesome to hear that story so tell us a little bit about um like what's what what would you define burnout as johnny like for you what would burnout be and then tell us a little bit about like your big burnout session would you know i know everybody has like a massive time where they're like that was me at my worst um yeah i'd love to hear yours uh i mean there's so there's a couple different versions of me at my probably my worst but in my opinion the burnout comes when you know, you're so focused on everything else outside of your life and you take zero care of yourself. Mm. Right. And so all this comes to, you know, whatever mission you're putting in front of yourself, but you're never actually filling your cup back up. Right. Like my wife talks about this and she talks about an energetic output. And I've heard this put by so many other people where you have so imagine you have five coins of energy, right. And someone comes and you're, you start to put your, your one coin of energy into solving someone's problem. Then you take another coin and you start to put it into your business. And then you take another coin and you're putting it into this. And then all of a sudden you have zero coins of energy at the end of the day. And then you still have to take care of yourself. So my version of burnout is when we're constantly always doing that output, 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 and never input, never input, never putting anything that we value in our 
life or in our day to then refill that cup, right? And this is what men are completely terrible at. Like we, we really don't do a good job. A lot of times when we put something in our life um, that seems like it's quote unquote fun, what that really is, is an escape from whatever it is that we're having trouble with in our lives, right? So my version of burnout is just, I done, I've done this so many times and I spent 10 years in really high octane jobs and it was easy to get caught up in just doing the work constantly and how can you do it better? And when you do that, you end up never actually coming to peace with your own mind. And that's where you end up having breakdowns. You're angry, you're depressed, you're struggling, you're sad. You start to, you start to lash out at other people for no reason your perception becomes distorted of the world outside of you, right? Like you start to think that all these other things are threats and that you always have to plan like how you're going to assess and adapt to that threat when it's like literally nothing crazy in your normal life. You just start to get these, this, you start to go down this path of just thinking life is a continual battle. Like that's what I've heard. That's what I've seen from burnout and that's what I've experienced. Right. And then you're constantly just on edge to fight everything. And you're constantly on edge to never actually have any peace. That's my version of burnout. That's what I've experienced overseas. That's what I experienced for almost 10 years, man. Um, and so it was constantly trying to put into a craft that I actually could have done a lot better uh, not only mentally, but physically, if I would have allowed myself some peace and tranquility, some rest, some time to actually look into who I was and then assess my own personality, but then also fill my cup up with things more that I enjoyed, right? You know, we used to get into part of that, part of that burnout. And this is what, again, what I experienced part of that burnout was when I was going through, you know, doing all the work, and then my form of release was binge drinking, right? With like the buddies, you know, getting yeah. fucking hammered at the bar. Like that's what it, that's what it was. Sorry. I don't know if you can cuss on here. X-Cop, but... X, 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 of course, is going to be cussing. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's what it was like. So then all of a sudden the burnout in your quote unquote off time is just being dragged into the off time because your only release becomes this really, really toxic, yeah. uh, this, this toxic um, exercise. Awesome. Uh, Johnny, you dropped away there for a second. Uh, yeah, that's what happens when we're on the complete opposite sides of the world, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Technology is great, but then you end up having some struggles. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so carry on. You were you were just saying around um, around I'm trying to remember what it was exactly. Yeah, when I when I burnt out and then that toxicity of the environment yeah. I was putting myself in my it. off time like that's, that's no help to anybody. And so I know cops out there and I know first responders, they do the same stuff. I know uh, professional athletes that do this. They just do the same thing. They put themselves from, from one harsh environment of constantly taxing their mind and their body to another harsh environment of release of binge drinking and mm -hmm. fighting and doing stupid shit. So like it, that's where burnout can really mess your life up. And then it just, it permeates into ruining your relationships. It permeates into making you not the best version of yourself. And whether it's, you, you know, you're being affected mentally or physically, you start to deteriorate in a lot of different ways too. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, I remember I never went down the drinking one just because I have some experience of like drinking stuff in the past and that, and I never wanted to go, but mine was like just isolation. 
I just isolate myself. And so I'd go, no, nah, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I just retract. And I remember, and I'd be curious to hear about some of your experiences, but I remember some real telltaling when I look back on going, shit, I, those should have been massive red flags. Like I remember because I was on, you know, I was doing VIP protection and I was, you know, all of a sudden looking at everybody as a threat instead of, and just that not turning off and even at home, coming home, not turning off. I was in the yeah. States back in my hometown in 2016, 20 and 2015. And um, I remember driving to my friend's house and my uncle's pickup and thinking a black early 2000s Tahoe was following me to my best friend's house. That's how paranoid I was. Yeah. I even pulled over and let the car pass because I was like, is this person following me? But yeah. do you have any of those like tall tale things? Because I know if we can identify like out some of our ones, people might be able to think, oh, actually, hey, wait a second. It might just spark some things for people to kind of show yeah. them, you know, that they might be going through burnout or just give them things so that if they start to, then they can kind of recognize it. Yeah, man, I, I think like one of the things of, of burnout is when you constantly feel like if you're constantly feeling like your mind is just taxed and you're so like if every day you are just so drained by the time it gets to whatever, five or six or seven o'clock at night, and then all of a sudden you want nothing to do except like veg out, like in, in what I'm in, not a healthy veg out. I mean, just like that, that bad, either whether it's like getting on and, and playing a, a video game and neglecting your family or you know, sitting there and just watching mind numbing TV, right? Like nothing, you're not producing any type of value in your own life. When you start to get into those modes of just, you know, constant, um, uh, like just that constant depletion at the end of every day, you, you, you need to really look at, um, what you're doing during the day and how it's burning you out because, you know, there are days that you should be that way, right? When you like feel really accomplished and you've put a lot of energy into good things, but then if you're feeling that way every day, even on like days like Saturdays and Sundays and stuff, you got some issues, you know, there's some things there and you got to figure out what it is that you're burning out on and whether it's like, like you said, carrying your work life into your personal life can cause that. So if you start to look at, I mean, and there's, we can go down that road too. There's some value to that, but that was something I struggled with for a long time was constantly looking at everybody as a threat. And even now I still, still do. I still look at a lot of people as a threat, but like I've come to the awareness of knowing like, okay in the environment I'm in, is this an overly like threatening environment? Number one. And then number two, if I, you know, I'm always able to, to highlight who my biggest threat is pretty fast. If I see anybody that poses that, because I don't ever say that you should devalue that. That's a great skill. Like that's something that I think people should really, um, there's a dude, By Byron Rogers on Instagram, I think his name is, he's like uh, something protector, but he posts great videos on this stuff. I mean, it's real. It's kind of like, you know, you, you better have the stomach for it because they're real stuff. But at the end of the day, if you remain vigilant and you remain aware, like that's not bad. But when it starts to cause that depletion in your own energy and you can't give back to anybody else and all you want to do is be away from everything, that's that's a key indication of of burnout. The, the other thing is, like when every time you're talking, everything you're talking about is nothing but either work or negativity. That's a huge, huge sign of burnout. Like yeah. you, you really need to start being like, whoa, I need to take a back, take a step back because everything I'm talking about is work related and negative. Right. And uh, that's when you're carrying that into your personal life. That's a trigger for that. But also it just tells you that you're uh, the real estate in your mind is basically completely consumed by everything else except you, right? Except who you are. 
So you're constantly thinking about other things. It's probably also like another key indication of burnout is your sleep is crap. Yeah. Like if you're waking up tired because your sleep sucks. Now there's a lot of different contributors to that and, and that's diet and a few other things. But a lot of times it's because if you, if you notice that you're constantly, when you're going to bed, just running through all these things in your mind and it makes it hard to sleep. A lot of times that's a key indication of burnout. You're, you're tying next to you're tying back into your day. Shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Um, how could I have done better? Right? Like there's a time and place for that. And that's not when you're sleeping. That's not when you're, cause you know, the key thing with sleep too here, and when you know that this, when you're starting to flag this as burnout, think about this guys, when you're getting ready to go to sleep and you're thinking about all the things in your day that are tied to your work and your business and your job and everything else, your brain is, your subconscious is literally stewing with that for eight hours while you're sleeping mm -hmm. at minimum, right? So like, just think about that. Like your subconscious is working that whole time while you believe that or not, that's real science your subconscious is working, you're taxing your brain. So now for 24 hours, your brain is completely taxed. This is why burnout is such a huge thing. This is why people end up, I mean, hating their lives, right? Like this oh. is where people start to commit suicide or start to have really, really toxic behaviors. Like this is why it's because you need to start seeing these red flags. And, and, and a couple of things that, you know, that you can do is to one of the things is give back to yourself. So find something that is completely joy and brings your mind off of it. My wife, I'll give, I'll give everybody a, a fun fact here is my wife. She's, she loves coloring. Like she's loved it since she was a kid. She thought back to when she was a kid and what was really enjoyable to her. She loves coloring. So when she gets into some of these burnout um, or to prevent burnout, right. To prevent overtaxing herself, she'll sit there and set aside 30 minutes every day and just literally color in a coloring book because nothing she's thinking about is is anything other than that coloring book and just being in that moment and that's a way to get out of that burnout mentality is to start thinking about what the present moment holds for you and what you're doing in that moment regardless of what has to happen after or what happened before it's being in that present moment yeah very very true man what do you do to prevent yourself from like what's your thing her thing's color you know doing coloring what's your thing Oh man, my thing is, I, I, my I since I was 16 years old, I've I've always loved working out. So like my safe space is like working out, um, and that's something that I truly truly enjoy. And I don't go in there. I like don't get me wrong. I'm not in there for like three hours, man. I love working out, but I work out hard for an hour and then I want to be out of there. I do not yeah. want to be in there. Plus, scientifically, especially for men, your testosterone depletes after like an hour and like 20 minutes or so or something like that. But at the end of the day, like that's something I do. And then you know, other things that I put into my day, like one of the things is like meditation, man. It's such a, like, it's such an under, it's such an underrated thing, I think for men, because, you know, most people want to be like, I'm not good at meditation. No, it's not that you're not good at meditation. Stop that. Like I used to have that excuse too. And that's when I had to check my excuses. Right. Yeah. Like it's not that you're not good at meditation. It's that you're scared of sitting alone with yourself. That's all it yeah. is. You you're afraid you're scared of those. You're scared of those thoughts that are going to come up. It's yeah, what you're actually going to uncover. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause you can't, cause guess what? I can't lie to myself. Like I can lie to you, Chris, I can lie to you all I want. You're never going to know, but I can't lie to myself. Nope. So that's where it's like, you know, people, and especially men, they're terrified of sitting with themselves because you get all these crazy thoughts, you'll get all these crazy emotions and you got to start acknowledging them. So whether you can do that for five minutes or 10 minutes a day, like that is a, it, it's a, it becomes a completely cathartic event and it helps you to tackle your day and prevent burnout so so much because you get to get back in tune with your body 
one of the people I really, really love and follow his message is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And Dr. Yeah. Joe Dispenza talks about meditation. People, um, people ask him like, why, why do you meditate in the morning? Cause everybody asks like, what time, what time's the great time to meditate? Well, it's whenever you feel like it, to be honest, and wherever you can take some time to really just be outside of everything else and be inside with yourself. Right? Like that's what yeah. it is. But they ask him, when do you meditate? And why is that the great time? He says, well, I love to meditate in the morning. It's the first thing in the morning that he does. And his meditations are like two hours. Like his are long. He meditates for a long time. But they said, well, why? What, why? What's the importance of that for you? And he says, well, you know, I start my day off by tackling the hardest thing I will do all day. And that's conquering my own mind. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like that's yeah. profound, right? Like, because everything else is just, we put the significance on it in reality. No one's, you know, unless you're in an environment where people are actually getting shot at and blown, no one's getting killed in most of our daily environments. Nope. Right? Like, <laughs> sorry, that's just a simple fact, right? Unless you're like a trauma surgeon or something like that. Like most of us, the average person is not dealing with life or death in that immediate moment. So remember that none of those things in your day should be causing you to uh, permeate that into the time that you need to actually give back to yourself. And one of the things I also do um, is that when I was, when we were all going into work, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, I do what's called like a door handle check, right? And so a door handle check is I at the at every door handle I go through. So when I leave the house to go to work, how do I want to show up on the other side of that door, mm. right? How do I want to show up? How do I want to show up driving to work? Do I want to be an asshole and like being mad at everybody and judging them for not using their blinker? Or do I want to be a good person and have like a nice mellow drive to work? Like I set an intention. And then when I get to work, I grab the door handle and the and on the others before I step foot into the office, it's how do I want to show up on the other side of that, right? So you get you put this intentionality with it, right? So the whole point of this is, is when I get home, and this is how people can really prevent burnout, is before you grab that door handle to walk into the house, remind yourself that you're dropping all of today's work at that door. You're yeah. dropping that you're dropping that rucksack, right? You're dropping that bag. All that stuff stays outside the door. And you you want to show up on the on the other side as a good husband or father or friend or or uh, wife or whatever it is on the other side of that door. Even if you're if you're single, I want to show up in peace and tranquility on the other side of that door. So I'm dropping all this work stuff, right? Like it's giving yourself these kind of thresholds of intentionality. That's what I like to to do for myself. And it, you you may not remember every single time, but it's a it's a pretty easy thing to remember because it's a door in your way. You gotta <laughs> open. It have to open it yeah. so it's kind of the reminder like every time i go through a door right how do i want to show up on the other side of that door i think yeah. it's one of the most profound things you can do and one of the most profound things that anybody can implement in their lives to help from burnout because you get the you get the first conscious thought of what goes on in that next segment of your day yeah, yeah you're the controller of your own thoughts and your own mind you know it's it's interesting you say that is i was talking to a cop not that long ago and he kind of said something similar he's like you know no i don't struggle with burn like i don't struggle with the shit from work or anything or take it home or anything i was like how do you how do you do that and he goes when i zip that vest up i'm a cop when i unzip that vest i'm no longer a cop all my shit that's happened throughout the day that vest comes off it's it's left there it's it's there I zip yeah. it back up cool i'm ready to go let's 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 rock and roll so it's, yeah. a, it's a similar thing you know it's a it's a it's a it's an anchor as such a, you know in the nlp type world it's, a, it's an anchor of 
you know, what, you know, where you, what you want to do, you know, I, I said, I've got a client who's an EMT in the States as well. I was like, you know, and he was feeling a bit burned out. And same thing I told him is, you know, that, that drive home, have a certain thing when you touch that door handle, you, you door handle into your truck, it's, it's go. Or when you leave the, when you leave the station, it's, you know, you're, you're a different person. That's awesome. I, I love, I love those. I love that. Um, Johnny, that's, that's awesome. So, you know, workout, I'm a huge workout guy as well. That was my, that's yeah. been my thing for that. I swear working out saved my life as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people it does. I, I, I love it, but it's, it's a place that you can shut everything else out of your mind. You can put on mind numbing music and who cares? Like you can put on a, a podcast and completely just listen to somebody else's views. Right. But it gets you out of your own way. Right. It gets you out of your own ecosystem for a second. Yeah. And it's a bit of an ego check as well sometimes because not every day you're going to lift the same as what you did the day no. before. <laughs> no, I, I've been lifting a long time and not every day is a win, but not every day is a win in the sense of like, I'm in there just thrashing weights around, but every day is a win that I can step in there and get my mind right. You know, exactly. And this is what I tell because I train people uh, physically and mentally to get into the place. So I prepare them with all these kind of tools before they get in. This is one of the reasons I started this podcast. So I could give even more tools to people. And yeah. so so my thing is as well, I sit to them and they've got to do a mile and a half, 2.4 here, but a mile and a half run and females have to do it in 12 minutes. Guys have to be able to do it in at least 11 minutes. Um, and so I'm pretty sure the military does a similar, similar timed mile and a half run as well. But um, it's, um, I'm like, you know, not every day you're going to hit the same time when you go and you test yourself for it. Not every week you're going to hit that same time. But if you can go out there and say that you've given your best, you've done it for you, you got you're, you've won <laughs> you're winning absolutely. yeah absolutely. um so no that, that that that's that that's awesome and you know the other thing with the meditation is as well as uh, and i don't know what your beliefs are on this uh johnny but meditation doesn't have to be literally sitting in a dark sitting in a room just literally listening to yourself mm-hmm. you know uh, like for me meditate i meditate when i ride my motorcycle i'll turn the i'll turn the, i'll turn the music off on my helmet and i'll literally just be in the present moment thinking letting the thoughts go through my head of everything that is going on and it gets you present and you you do you start to meditate and then obviously i still i still meditate from time to time just kind of just sitting in the calm but i find for me motor like when i ride my motorcycle the the thoughts just go through and like you can't ignore them and you can try and you can try and deflect away from them and into the into the road but then you're like okay well they're still there and they just yeah. and you just work through them and it's 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 pretty cool um but yeah awesome johnny so i'm a huge why guy i think that everybody has an underlying umbrella why that stems from like you know from their past from from their childhood that kind of was concrete or seeded in there um and my why is, you know, I don't want to see people in pain or if they are in pain, I want to help them get out of it. I don't want them to stay in it. Um, what would your, what would you say your why is for everything that you've done? Like, you know, joining the military, doing all that, you know, carrying on doing what you're doing now for men. Uh, what would you say your, your why would be? Yeah, that's, it's a great question. And um, I, I, as you were talking, I thought back to it. And, and so I'm a huge, so my, my uncle, my father's alive, but my uncle has been my biggest influencer as a man, right? Like he was the one that I really just kind of modeled my life after. And he was, I grew up as a tough man, but he was always like fair. And he was always like respectful to everybody he met. Didn't matter if you had a million dollars or you were a million dollars in debt. Like he didn't care who you were. It was the quality of person that he measured. And so 
Um, first and foremost, though, he was always a protector. He was a protector of his family and of less fortunate and of people who um, who couldn't protect themselves, like, you know, and things like that. So he taught us and he always, you know, he was also a fighter. So he taught us, number one, how to fight, how to box. But then he's like, he also, you know, his message to us was always to, you know, be that protector for those who can't defend themselves. And so one of the things that my life's always been based around, and even my message nowadays, the reason why I even do this is because men that don't know how to even protect themselves from past trauma or from themselves or from the bullying that they get from social media and things like that, because they're not confident in who they are. I want to protect them. And I do that best by giving them and arming them with information and knowledge and permission to be who they are as men. Like, all these things because people always want to paint pictures as what you're supposed to be right because they think that they are the ones that get to dictate that but when you actually look into the real foundation of all of this stuff of all of it especially when it comes around masculinity none of it's written in stone there's actually it's actually so fluid when you actually look at cross-culturally and tribally and every everything else Everything is so fluid with masculinity. It's not one and the same, even within the United States regionally. That's how, that's how much it changes. So, so for men, it's just really being, being that protector, always being that protector and supporter of people who can't, can't or don't realize the potential that they even have. So that's kind of been my mission. That's always been my why. That's why I served in the military. That's why I've been, you know, the person I have been my whole life. So um, I love that question, but yeah, it's, it's definitely down that protector road. That's awesome. I love to hear people's why's because it does, you can see it, especially people that are like bring awareness to it and actually kind of look at it. And, um, it's one thing that I teach quite hardcore in my program, because I'm like, once you know your why, if you stay focused on it, all the political bullshit that's going on around you, doesn't matter because you're there for one singular, you're there for one purpose. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. But, you know, I think one of the things I'd add to that is when you know, you're like, you got to make sure your why is actually founded on who you truly are. So this is what a lot of people like fail to do is they don't actually know who they are. So they're never actually aligned in their life with their, who they actually can own every day authentically. Right. And if you don't have that and you created a why off of this inauthentic person that society and other people created for you, then your why isn't even your why it's someone else's why, yeah. you know? So so it's making sure that you get yourself right first and then pick your why, because yeah. that's when you know the purpose is in alignment with the person. So how would you, how would you, so somebody that, so for somebody that is unsure of their why or their purpose, what advice would you give to them to fig, actually figuring it out? So it's, it's all starting with you. So like for, so I obviously work a lot with men, but this works for women too, is you got to find out, okay, who am I? right now like what 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 means anything to me but that i choose right so when we look at men for instance and we look at okay like the mass i call this the masculine blueprint when we look at the masculine blueprint well predominantly from zero to eight years old you're actually conditioned from society you're in what's called from two to eight you're in theta right so from theta this is why hypnosis works is because you're completely mal your brain is completely malleable in that state well that's why most of your programming I think it's like 80 or 85% of your programming is done between zero and eight. And then eight to 13 is only an extra 15 to 20%. By yep. 13 years old, your entire automated system in your subconscious is already written for you. So how can you even, how can you even know what your why is if you haven't looked back, 
right? Yeah. If you don't even know what's important to you. So that's where I tell guys to start is we got to look back and we got to look back at what influenced you, you know, who yeah. influenced you. You know, if we look at, if we look at even the, um, the social uh, sciences for masculinity, they only started in about the 1970s from actually an Australian transgender uh, woman and her huh. name's Ray Connell. And she started this and there's four main theories around how we even started our building who we are as men, right? So it's uh, the normative theory, the positive, positivist theory, the semiotic theory. And then you have um, the, um, the, what is that one? It's like the, the, oh man, I can't think of it right now, but I'll, I'll remember it anyways. But there's the four theories and they all are, are predominantly tied into um, social media they're tied into movies. They're tied into uh, they're tied into your mentors or who you believe to be your influence, right? So, or it's tied into what you see as like a data point. So, if I get into an area and I see five guys do the same thing and the sixth guy does something different, well, what the five guys did now becomes written in my own psyche as masculine. So yeah. now I'm baiting, right? But it could be something completely weird and off the wall, or it could be something that is literally, if I walked or if I went a hundred miles, you know, east, all of a sudden, none of the guys do that, right? So like, obviously this is where the fluidity of masculinity comes into play, but ultimately it's saying, okay, where did we start mm. our thoughts and who we are? Where did we develop this? Who influenced us? How much are we like them? What are the traits? And this is what I tell people to do, write all the traits down that you that you currently have that are based off of what was written for you, right? Write them all down. And then in, and then the next column, write down or start to take out all of those that you don't really believe in anymore, that don't serve you. They don't serve yeah. your life. They don't serve where you want to go, right? Because we can all do that. I've done this practice on myself and I run my guys through this, but you write down what doesn't serve you. And then in the next column, write down everything that you actually look at and value now moving forward, right? So like if I see two traits in Chris and two traits in this, my buddy Rob, and then I see this and I, I want to put those in, but I don't currently have those, those go into that new column. Yeah. And then that fourth column is the combination of the new ones and the ones that weren't crossed off from your old yeah. self. Cause those are still in alignment with you. You still hold value for them. And then you create, this is how you create your own blueprint. Like this is exactly what yeah. you do. So you, so you create that new conscious blueprint. Now you've actually taken the time to cognitively make an intention on who you are. Yeah. That's, that's what you have to do because until you know who you truly are and what you value, you still cannot find that purpose. And then that purpose becomes what's aligned with that. And that may sound like esoteric, but when I talk about what's aligned with it, it starts to be what lights you up and makes you feel good. And every person knows what that feeling is, right? And, you know, I run all kinds of different things to get this kind of in play with visualizations and stuff like that. But just for the sake of purposes on the podcast, it's really finding what lights you up, what you know, your whole, mm -hmm. like what you know that you're going to show up every day loving that you do, whatever it is, you know, and that becomes your purpose. That becomes like, I know the men's event that I run. I want to do that literally till the rest of my life because I have so much fun running that event and I have so much fun getting to meet the guys that are in it. And I have so much fun helping them grow through development techniques. And then I have so much fun just participating with them and being part of that tribe. It's a blast to me. And I know that that is in alignment with who I am. 
because it has nothing to do with even running a business and it has everything to do with actually being in that moment and doing that stuff. Yeah. So that's what I tell people. That's awesome, man. That, that's absolutely awesome. And you know, the, the, the back to zero to, you know, eight, zero to seven, you know, around those, that age, it has everything to do with everything. Like my clients, I have them go back and I have them first start with it. I call it the seven levels deep. And I kind of got it from Tony and Dean, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, one of the courses, but then I kind of modified it and I have them go all the way back into their childhood and go, okay, cool. What does it stem from? Where does it come from? Where, like, once you get to about level five or six on it, you know, just by asking yourself, what is, why is it important? You know, yeah. why is it important to you? Why is it important? You know, and you just keep asking that about whatever the answers are. And you get to about level four or five, and that's when you got to actually go and start to go jump back into that childhood as well. Because it, everything I find that, like, with my why at least, mine stems back to seeing my parents fight. No, they didn't fight nasty, nasty, but they, 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 they'd have arguments and my mom would throw shit and, you know, they, they're divorced now, but they, you know, they still are not you know, friends and it wasn't nasty, but I never wanted to see that. I wanted to, I wanted to see that stop. Um, and so my thing as well as throughout my entire life, I always wanted to just help people not be in pain, not be in that, in that, 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 that place where they didn't have control. So then I saw a train crash happen in LA, actually a freight train collided with a passenger train. Same thing. I just wanted to be down there. And that was my switch to joining the police. So I just wanted to create that now, same thing. And it's, it's interesting once you actually recognize it. And then uh, I love your thing. You take that and you apply, like I've done it in different ways, but you apply that as well to all of that and adjust. It just makes it so that everything you do every day, just feels like fun. Um, yeah. And you can apply it to anything. So yeah, so that's like that's kind of where I what, what I've figured out with the why as well. But I love your way of like breaking down, seeing what the things are that you 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 find that are the traits, uh, and then getting rid of the ones that you don't actually align with, and then taking and then creating what you do want and then amalgamating them all together. That's awesome. So um, so Johnny, tell us a little bit about what it is the this 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 men's thing that you have talked about. I've seen it a little bit on Instagram. It looks freaking rad. Like. I had the money and I was lived in the States, I would have been on the last one in November. I know you have another one coming. I mean, I, I love shooting. I'll let you tell about it because I know it's had a lot to do with like shooting guns, being a man, shooting from helicopters and from cars. I mean, I've shot from cars before, but help, yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man, it, it's a lot of fun. It, it's a it's a container I created out of just the the desire to really want to help men reconnect with not only building a good tribe of men, because that's incredibly important. Like that's where we actually have the real conversations that we know we're not alone when we do have struggles, but yeah. also we start to get permission from other men, but it's okay to lower our walls. Right. Like, so that trust. So yeah, that trust. And so, so um, I created this, it's called the wild man experience and it's uh, a lot of fun, man. We go and we, uh, we have, it's, it's a container that's wrapped in VIP so the guys are 100% taken care of when they show up. They don't have to think about anything or pull out their wallets. It's just be there. Yes. So they come in and we do this huge VIP dinner where we, uh, we have a blast. We start talking about, you know, gratitude. We start to do some of the development work. Everybody gets to know each other um, and it overlooks the ocean. So we're at the top. We're on the 20th floor of this beautiful hotel in Corpus Christi. So we do that beautiful dinner. It's amazing food. Best restaurant in the town. Um, and then we actually, the next day we do a, uh, we do a meditation in the morning, quick meditation. Then we, uh, have a, an amazing breakfast and then we 
head out to a ranch where uh, all the guys get their own rooms. It's a beautiful lodge that just got, it's actually freshly finished. So the new lodge is just freshly done, but um, we have an executive chef out there and then we take guys out on a range and we teach them how to, you know, just do some basic shooting. So they're safe and stuff like that. And then we start to move them into like some really cool scenarios, moving and shooting, how to peel out of a vehicle. I'll take them through and run them through some CQB stuff that we did overseas in special operations. So they learn how to clear a room, stuff like that. And then we actually put them in a moving vehicle. They get to shoot targets from a moving vehicle, which is a ton of fun. Um, and, and you get, you can compete with your buddy if you want and stuff like that. Cause you get two, one guys on each side and then you guys do a peel out at the end. So that's a lot of fun. And then we go back to the, the lodge and we have our executive chef cook us this amazing meal. We, uh, we do hatchet throwing competition. We, we get in some more in-depth, cool conversations. There's drinks, guys can have cigars. It's just like a full guy hangout. Um, but, th- but guys are having these deeper conversations than what normal men really do because every guy there is looking for that growth mentality. They're all looking to bond and have good friendships and stuff. So then the next morning we wake up, have an amazing breakfast and we throw you guys up on some helicopters and, uh, guys get to shoot targets out of helicopters, which is probably one of the funnest things I ever got to do in special operations. And that was kind of the intent. I wanted to give everybody these fun things that I did in spec ops but wrapped in not as hard of the training as it took for me to get there. <laughs> yeah, uh, not, get, so, not getting the shit kicked out of you before it or after it and during it. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, we put them up in helicopters, guys get to shoot, and then we run we run some more scenarios uh, with, you know, moving and shooting, some timed scenarios to see who can be the fastest one through like a stress shoot and stuff like that. So some really cool stuff. There's some more CQB. And then we actually go back to the hotel for the third night and have another VIP dinner at the top of the hotel. And we get to just kind of bond over what has happened over the last couple of days, bond over the basic uh, adrenaline dump that we've gone through for a couple of days and just really get to uh, download for that final evening. And then from there, it's just guys get to go on their way, but also they get to go on their way with a new tribe of men. So. That's awesome, man. That that sound like like I said, I saw it get post. I saw you post it up on Instagram. I was like, I think I even messaged you. I was like, if only, if only yeah. I was there, because <laughs> it looks it looks like so much fun. So how do how do how do people get more information on that, or you know, get in touch with you in order to you know um, get involved yeah. in that? Obviously, they're probably gonna have to be in the U.S. at the moment with travel restrictions and stuff but in the future those will lift and i'm sure you'll still be doing it because it sounds like what you already said is what you want to do forever (laughs) yeah yeah no it's a ton of fun man and uh absolutely do so yeah anybody that that's listening to this and if you're in the u.s uh, we have one coming up in february um and uh just dm me at johnny.lsasser on ig and let's get into a conversation about how to make it happen for you um if you guys also can you know shoot me an email at johnny at johnnylsasser.com yeah. Um, or you can head over to the website and that's just johnnylsasser.com. You can head over there, check it out, see what the details are. And then you can shoot me a message from there. Or you can even sign up. So it's it won't, it won't awesome. Awesome. And all those details will be in the, they're down in the description of this um, podcast anyways, as well. We'll put them all down there so everybody can get into it because it looks, it looks epic. I mean, I've done some shooting from cars and stuff like that, obviously doing the VIP work and training that we did. But it just, yeah, it just looks like an awesome weekend. So if you are in the States, I highly recommend having a look at it. Just some of the reviews that came out of that as well um, that I saw, you know, from your, um, from the last one in November, 
was just um yeah just insane so uh yeah so definitely get in that guys um and johnny got a question for you obviously uh there are some first responders and stuff listening to this military probably as well what would be your number piece number one piece of advice for um let's go with you know just really anybody but especially guys um when it comes to um preventing or overcoming burnout what would be your number one piece of advice um, I think we kind of already alluded to it, but it's it's making sure that you put back into yourself because, you know, all these tools of like dropping even at a door and just making sure that you shut off work, you know, and stuff like that doesn't really help when you're not actually putting back into yourself. So I think the most important thing you can do is find something that you truly enjoy and you're not trying to escape from your life with. It's something that you truly enjoy to kind of replenish that cup. I talked about my wife coloring. I talked about how I actually like need to go to the gym. I notice a huge difference when I don't. Um, and I also do things like meditate or read books. Like it's just finding something to fill that. And just, for other people, it might be going and playing around a round of golf once a week. Maybe it's, mm. you know, going and riding your motorcycle on a, on a long ride once a week, like fill your cup back up. That's the only way you're going to really be able to prevent burn burnout because as long as you keep the, the foot on the gas and you never take a break to find that peace and tranquility with yourself and in your life, you're never going to be able to evade burnout. Yeah, no, I love that, man. I love that. Again, um, you know, Johnny, thanks for being on, on the, sh on the show. It's been awesome. A lot of good insights. I, I learned a lot, so I'm sure everybody else did. Um, I always learn from people on these. That's the whole point of it is so that I can learn from it so I can better myself so I can then give more to people, but also so that other, you know, listeners and viewers can, can get a lot out of it. Do you have anything else you want to say to, to the viewers or listeners, Johnny? No, man. I, I mean, yes, I guess. I just want to say uh, thank you for allowing me to be on here and serve your community. And uh, I love all my first responders out there, cops and military and stuff. So I appreciate all you guys for continuing to, to do that work to this day. And uh, through all the things that we're going through in 2020, I appreciate you guys for showing up the way that you guys are and still trying to serve the communities that you are in front of. So appreciate that. And then to everybody, it's just, you know, be yourself, be authentic and just own who you are every day and you'll have a happy life. Awesome. Thanks, Johnny. So that's, that's this episode of fight the burnout. I uh, remember we do these uh, the, about every single week, if not two a week. Uh, and we like to interview anybody from any walks of life, you know, anybody from with any kind of background at all, if they're willing to share their, share their experience with burnout or any kind of tools or anything, or even they just want to get on and have a chat, you know, we're, we're, we're totally happy to, to accommodate and have anybody on here. Uh, because we can always learn from somebody from you know any any walk of life you know it doesn't matter who you are we'll, we can you can always learn something from somebody uh so remember to like subscribe do all those fun things send us a message if there's anybody that you'd like us to reach out to to actually interview and find out their story and their journey uh but until next time our motto here uh is train hard test easy that goes physically and mentally because at the end of the day when you get tested you want it to, you want it to be just a walk in the park so until next time, guys, love you all, and uh, we'll talk soon. And again, thank you very much, Johnny.